Oh, we're live. We Hello, are. welcome to the Legends Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and with me today I have the infamous coin tosser, Dylan. <laughs> Hello. Dylan, you need to, I, I expect an apology right now for the, for the audience. Well, you said it was going to be fine, and then it didn't. <laughs> apologize. And apologize for that bad toupee. What, when have I ever apologized for the widow's peak? <laughs> Never. I can always hope, though. Um, and we have <clears throat> Brian with us, the Nerds Pub. Hey. One of my, my brothers in arms when we talk about Highlander on yeah. Matthew Wilson's. Okay, I've retired the Highlander coin jar. So, well, we, this is a different show. Okay, so <laughs> talk about Highlander if we want to. <laughs> I don't feel like it tonight. But um, and we have a new arrival, former coworker of mine, Ender, also known as the guy who always puts up with my nonsense Star Wars talk at work. Hi. Yep, that's true. Until he didn't work there anymore. That's me. Until they got rid of me. They did. They did get rid of you. <laughs> it was not. And um, also, my nice new tattoo that looks super gross right now. Mm. There for display. Very nice. Good shit. Good shit right here. Alright. Hi, Rob D. So we do have one viewer. Excellent. Our average from back when we did the Google Hangouts, Dylan. <laughs> no, we would get like three or four. Well, one of those was me to monitor comments, and one was the monitor comments. Well, stream. One was a Darth. I forgot what Darth name we gave him. One was a certain someone we don't talk about on here because he won't talk about us because we're quote unquote small fry. Exactly. Um. Speaking of small fry, there was a huge announcement. <laughs> oh yeah, that that was a dig it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I followed. I was just wondering if we were going to go down that road. I mean, it's not like talking about a a, a Darth Grocer who threatens to force choke people, and talks about uh. How good it is to read when you're angry at someone. Well, looking like mm. the fucking Unabomber. Indubitably. <laughs> dealt with over the years. Fucking weirdos. There's a lot of lore behind this podcast. There's so much lore. And we're only on episode 32. <laughs> <laughs> That's how frequent this show is. But um, let's talk about uh, show let's talk. Let's talk about. Yeah, let's talk about something else that took, like, almost a year to come out. Project Luminous dropped, also known as The High Republic. Mm -hmm. um, That's when the Jedi knew how to party in mm -hmm. the High Republic. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a meme of one of the lightsaber, or one of, like, the covers of one of them, where all the lightsabers are replaced with blunts. <laughs> there we go. This is a good time. Even Ender's seen this because I yeah she would a panic trying to get people on here because Brian told me no immediately instantly I'm like oh Brian would be great on here no no he hates us mainly he hates you Dylan and mm -hmm. your 
goddamn quarters. Yeah, I um I saw the the announcement video the other day and I immediately thought I was like Jeremy's going to have so much to say about this. I actually the announcement video like the whole announcement uh fiasco itself. Well, let's, yeah. Let's get into the fiasco. So, like Project Loom cuz I remember we were at Chicago. And that's when Celebration of Chicago, and that's when they announced Project Luminous. That was in April of last year. And then we kind of got like uh, Charles Soule was doing like a little bit of teasing on Twitter, mm-hmm. but like that didn't really manifest anything. And then we were told, okay, 2020, it's going to happen. And then like 2020 turned into like February, or it was like late January. Then it got pushed back to February. Then we were told uh, the actual day. It was the twenty second, I believe. It was. It was a Monday. It was going to be like Monday at like seven p.m. Pacific. Oh, that was the twenty fourth. Yeah, I think. Uh... Yeah, that was last Monday. Uh... Yeah, the twenty fourth. <sighs> and uh, seven p.m. Pacific rolled around, and. Uh, well, if you've seen uh, Matt Wilson, the Geeks Addicts uh, stream, you know how well that went. God. And what we did get eventually was the biggest push to try to get Expanded Universe fans to buy new material that I have ever seen from them. This is including when Dylan walked up to, oh, I can't remember. Who did you talk to at Celebration Anaheim who gave you a copy of Wards of the Sith? Oh, that was, um, ironically enough, our contact at Delray. <laughs> Which, thank, I can't thank him enough for the care package he sent me, like, last year. That was that was really cool. But, like, it, like, things like that. Like, we've dealt with a lot of things where it's like, oh, uh, can we have more Legends? It's like, well, you know, here's this new thing. <clears throat> and now here we have a story group led by the the Twitter menace, Pablo Adago. Although he's didn't... He, he's, he's not even involved in this. I think uh, Charles Soul is the, the head of this. I'm not sure. I think Pablo has something to do with this. Because Pablo wasn't on that panel in that video. It was all the authors. Well, Pablo was in their little montage video. Hmm. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that. I just saw the video. Yeah. The, um, I well, saw it. A, I was just saying, I saw it a few days ago, but I, I couldn't remember who all was in it. I mean, I saw the authors, but like I... I didn't get to see who all. Yeah, I don't remember seeing Pablo, but he might he may have been there and I missed him. Uh, I mean, as the reveal itself, I I, I think I told uh, Jeremy and uh, Matthew from Geeks Addict this. I just kind of they kept teasing it in several media like comics or books. And I was just like and when they kept teasing it that much and they finally revealed that's what the, it was, the high Republic. I just was like, well, that's kind of cool. I mean, a little anticlimactic, but yeah. kind of cool, but yeah. Cause it, it's like, it's like, they're trying to do like, they're trying to do new Jedi order and, um, um, shoot. It gave me a shadows of the empire, empire at like the same time. 
it gave me a Dawn of the Jedi vibe though, because it's been we've been there, we've done that with like the old Republic and stuff, where you have an older Star Wars story. Sorry, Windows mm-hmm. is giving a lovely message. Um, where it's, it's it's Star Wars, but it's Star Wars that you haven't seen before. That was Tales of the Jedi. That was Knights of the Old Republic. Like we've been there, we've done that. We did that. We went in the future with Legacy, like way in the future. And we went back way far back for Dawn of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So with Higher Republic, honestly, it's an era that I is not touched upon in the EU. It would have been no. something I would have liked in the EU with, with the old, with the Holocron involved. Because we... Like uh, Dylan and I talked about in the last episode, um, there needed to be some bridging from the from Dynasty of Evil to the Star Wars Republic comics, the early issues, mm-hmm. like Vow of Justice and Prelude to Rebellion and stuff like that, where a lot of that is like only a hand, like ten years before Phantom Menace. Yeah, I think the I think the uh, the farthest back that got was in Jango Fett open seasons with those flashbacks. Oh yeah, maybe that or in Plagueis the the first couple chapters. Yeah, yeah, I was. But those were those were like um, I think fifty to seventy years before A New Hope. Oh yeah, because pa- pa- or not A New Hope, a Man in yeah. those. Phantom Menace, yeah. Yeah, I remember Legends. Uh, I'm currently reading Darth Bane, but like, I do know that like between Darth Bane and Darth Plagueis and Darth Tenebris was like, you know, the untouched regions of you know Star Wars. So mm-hmm. yeah, Bane to Plagueis. There's like 30 Sith Lords. Bane to Plagueis is like 30 Sith Lords, counting Bane and Plague Plagueis. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rob D. 67 BBY. Oh, was when. <laughs> But no, like what uh, Jeremy was saying, just I am very intrigued by it because, like he was saying, it's uh, it's uh, Star Wars stuff that has not been explored, like the High Republic. I mean, we've got, you know, like he said in Legends, we've got, you know, the like over a hundred years into the future, and then we have Knights of the Old Republic, and you know, but they always give us timelines on that. This is like the like the untouched, you know, portion of Star Wars, and so I'm just I am kind of intrigued to see, you know how it's going to all work out so yeah i mean i'm curious it might get me back into reading new canon <clears throat> which would be a miracle for them to do they've they got me so irritated after things like queen shadow and alphabet squadron and the rise of skywalker well i don't know if you guys saw eckhart's letter his video about this but he did make a great point in it, that at least that I thought, that they're trying to do this, again, like, almost kind of like Shadows the Empire slash New Jedi Order thing of there's going to be this big event and all these different mediums are going to cover this one event. Not, not really event, but like one like cohesive like story that's going to cross time media. But they have a lot of – they don't have any of the – classic expanding universe legends authors even the ones that they brought back into the new canon who have experience in doing that it they're ba- backing this almost completely off of all the new authors that they brought in since um the canon switch 
and he wasn't sure that they that the new authors would be able to uh, do something like that because they just don't have the experience doing that. And at least so far, from what he said, so far what he's read in the new canon, he doesn't think that they're able to do it. Well, let's compare this to. I know it's not quite the same. <clears throat> the thing I'm thinking of is New Jedi Order, obviously. Mm-hmm. Who came back for New Jedi Order? Um, Stackpole? Uh, Stackpole, Alston, and Kathy Tires were the three who came back. And Kevin J. Anderson. Uh, Kevin J. Anderson was not involved in New Jedi Order. I thought he had one book. No, he didn't. Uh, the only three Bantam authors that were brought into New Jedi Order were those three. Now, you could argue that uh, Troy Denning had actually begun his career writing for Weston Games, so he was involved around the Bantam era in a lot of the Weston Games short stories and like adventure journals, so he did have some experience, and I think a few of the others involved as well, but none of them at that point had been novel writers, at least in Star Wars. So, uh, thinking of new canon, who do we have who's championing this new era of new canon. And I can only think of Charles Soule, who's not written a novel for Star Wars at all. And Claudia Gray. Those. And, uh, we also have Daniel Jose uh, Holder. Oh, who wrote. Right. I forgot he's involved. Yeah. He wrote the, the last, wrote shot, last with, shot. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Scott as well. I've seen heard. that name before. Yeah. Yeah. Probably written the. So either comics or the kids stuff. And the other one is Justina Ireland. No, I'd ring a bell, but I'm not up to date on the new canon. Yeah, I'm still trying to work my way through like everything. <laughs> and the editor is Michael Siglin. I've got Wikipedia open right now. He was the editor for Zeb to the Rescue, Escape from Dark Vader, Use the Force, Rescue from Jabba's, uh, ba- all stuff from 2014 and 15, essentially. Okay. Alrighty. Well, I'm glad that they're not continuing the the new like trilogy story. So I think everyone, if they did that, everyone would be done. That would be the nail in the coffin for Star Wars for the moment. Yeah, this really does kind of feel like them trying to sort of claw their way out with what with the um the last movie not doing so well. I know, I remember hearing someone was mentioning that they are trying to move away from like full movies and theaters to more of like a show comic book universe. Yeah. Uh, Like let them, let them do that. Like, Uh, yeah, I support it. They can do their own thing. We just want the legends back, you know? Yeah, that, that's really it's really what we asked for. What we're I mean, like for Karen Travis to write about terrible Jedi characters that that um, have relationships with their clones. <laughs> Favorite series, Republic Commando. Kevin Scott wrote Dooku Jedi Lost. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's yeah. That I, uh audiobook that they released i guess you could call it audio drama yeah they released the novelization of it but i only listened to the audio drama so it's it's an okay audio drama about half well acted the other half is terribly acted but like it is Uh, i didn't really care for the actor that played count dooku because he sounded like 
He sounded like young Christopher Lee. <laughs> he even sounded like young Christopher Lee to me. He just sounded like someone who couldn't do a Christopher Lee impersonation, so didn't try after a while. <laughs> I mean, uh, they should have gotten the guy who did him in the Clone Wars. Yeah. The series, not the movie. The movie is Christopher Lee, I actually found out the other day. It's one of the few movie actors that came back for that movie. Because um, Samuel L. Jackson's Mace Windu in it. Anthony Daniels is, of course, C-3PO, because that's the only character he's ever been, ever, <laughs> in a movie that anyone cares about. And, um, oh, God. And Ian McDermott is uh, Palpatine in that. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. It, it popped almost... up um, after I watched the uh, the new episode of Clone Wars. It popped up. like It auto-played the movie, and I'm like, <laughs> thought it was another episode and i'm sitting there i'm like i've seen this before and i'm like oh it's that awful movie i was gonna say there's a comment there uh jimbo joe one two three four i kind of agree with him he said uh he says it's time to leave the skywalker saga and make more stories and i kind of agree with that i think that after the new trilogy like i'd like to you know just kind of see what else is out there in the world of star wars whether it be canon or legends you know so yeah um in the trailer, they talked about it being sort of a multimedia, a multimedia um, lore mm-hmm. era, and I, I wonder if that's just gonna mean books and graphic novels, or if they might try for like a live action or animated TV mm-hmm. series or shorts. Talking movies, that was the rumor at one point. I want yeah, but so the far the only trilogy. the only confirmed licensees are like the publishers, both um, in in books and comics. So, and- I, I do know that the movies are supposed to come back in 2022, I think, but they have not re- uh, confirmed what they are going to be about. You know, after they put the final nail in the Marvel Studios coffin, <laughs> the movies no one cares about, but people will go see because it's a Marvel character. I'm very cynical about these things. I don't know if you do this, Adam. Are you, are you talking about the, the upcoming Marvel movies, like Black Widow? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's... I, Go ahead. We'll defend these all day. By the way, you're all forewarned. No, I no, I I am not interested in that movie. I um, there's a there's a weird wave of superhero movies that don't have an interesting or iconic antagonist recently. Like, like the Wonder Woman 1984. There's just there's nothing. Like, who is she fighting? What's the Let's think about who's the only villain that anyone kind of knows that's like Wonder Woman's nemesis. That's Ares. And she killed Ares at the end of the first movie. There's nothing you can do. Just give her some other random villain. I thought she, uh, Cheetah was her. Oh, that's true. I think that's who the next villain is, is Cheetah. Well, I mean, in in the MCU, they killed off Captain America's... um, I mean, the first movie. And then they just made up bullshit. (laughs) Like, like, no one cared. That was the problem with those Captain America sequels. Like, no. That was actually the problem. If you really want to analyze Marvel Studios' villain problem, it's bland. The only one they seemed to like was Loki. And I'm not quite sure why, except for... Uh, what's his face and the ladies love him tom hiddleston yeah that was 100 it he sold tick he sold tickets to movies yeah he sold tickets to thor movies 
that's a miracle. Oh, the only the third the third one I the I third like was actually a film. The other aren't. Yeah. The first two are sister. what you call them. But they are awful. Like Thor and Thor: The Dark World, unbearable. Yeah, that's a really horrible film. I agree. I mean, like honestly, name five villains that aren't Thanos or Spider-Man related villains that are in Marvel Studio movies. Yeah, and I mean, they they have problems with with that. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Well, they brought in Iron Man's uh, villain, the Mandarin, but that was just a horrible adaptation. Oh, that was three, right? That yeah, was that was Iron Man mm-hmm. three. Um, when they subverted your expectations, when he wasn't actually the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> Remember uh, in Iron Man two, they found Mickey Rourke, and he didn't look like a human being anymore. And they said, "Be a villain." Uh, I had a roommate in college that only watched that film because he wanted to hear him say, "I want my bird," you know. <laughs> I just the the thing I love about Iron Man two is that's the reason Mickey Rourke was in Expendables and in Expendables he's just drunk the whole time. <laughs> and it, it is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Uh, let's let's address some of the comments here before we uh, we get too far ahead. Uh, yes. Yes, I one hundred percent agree. The IDW comics look really bad. Well, they, I they're for little kids. Someone say my name. I'm sorry. What? Oh, I thought Dylan said my name. Sorry. Oh no, because I had a. Because yes, there are for little kids, but like, I kind of think it's weird that like, they're bringing in IDW with this while at the same time in Marvel. And I know people have been very critical of the Marvel series, not only in Star Wars, but in, in other things as well. I wonder if they're almost if Disney's almost shopping now that the Marvel contract is. I believe it it comes up in a couple years for comics. Oh, it might be, but they the thing is they will keep Marvel because they own Marvel. Mm-hmm. They own Marvel. Uh, I don't think they own Marvel comics. They own Marvel. Uh, the, they the own film Marvel studio. studios, but I think like. That's just he owns studios. That's where all the money is in Marvel. Oh, are the, are the Marvel. comics not? Are the comics not owned by Disney? I thought they were. I've been assuming they are, or it's, it's Disney has a lot more control over Marvel. That's why it made so much sense when they had the cease and desist for Dark Horse. I think they do own the comics. Oh yeah, they do. They they yeah they bought everything. <laughs> Speaking right. of. Them. I was actually watching The Simpsons with my wife the other day, and this is an episode that was from the like the early two thousands, and it showed a Fox twenty five logo, and then it showed a subtitle thing, a subdivision of the Walt Disney Company, and like they do predict the future. Yeah. My favorite is do you you all are familiar with Columbia? Films? Yeah. I love how many times Columbia has been bought by a company. Like it was a subsidy of Coca Cola at one point. That's the thing in like the 80s. It was owned by Coca-Cola. <clears throat> it's currently owned by Sony, which I don't know how Sony has any money to own anything at this point. Yeah. The garbage they uh they release. Yeah, I heard uh it's supposed to be selling really well. I was going to say I heard over, over the uh over the Spider-Man MCU uh drama and everything. Disney 
uh, offered to buy Spider-Man from Sony and Sony was like, you can have Spider-Man back for like $10 billion. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's the one thing they got. <laughs> I don't think they understand that Marvel Studios like saved them from what they were doing with Amazing Spider-Man. I don't think they quite understand that. It's I was just like I started losing interest at some point and then like whenever they the only thing that piqued my interest about that was like they're gonna now incorporate Tom Holland in the Sony like Venomverse. I'm like, how are they gonna do that? So now I'm just that's it like I don't know. Well I mean I I quite like those. Oh next question, yeah. I like the cover of Light of the Jedi. One thing, but that's only one thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice cover. It's, it's, it's yeah, interesting it that they're going with such a different like aesthetic for it. Again, only being two hundred years ago. Four hundred. It's four hundred. Uh, be. I think it's two hundred. Actually, I thought it was four hundred. I could have swore I heard two hundred, but I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, two uh, two hundred thirty-three. I'm on the Wikipedia page. That's oh, a specific God. number. Why two thirty? Well, it's. Because uh, thirty-three BB, I think it's thirty-three BBY is when Phantom Menace takes place, so it's oh, two hundred right. years before that. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it is interesting that it's exactly two hundred years on the dot, but you know, I this next comment um, when I heard uh, there was supposed to be the what is it called the Nile? Yeah, the they look like space Vikings. I saw them like they look more like space pirates. <laughs> well, yeah, there were people who were just like. Who were doing like Nile at Nile and then like Darth Nile from like the Legacy comics and like the Creative Freedom uh, line that they had way back when? Oh God! And yeah, we already answered that one. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see all this. Like you see all these Jedi with like all their unique lightsabers, but there's no Sith. I mean that we know of so far, and I'm just like that's. I mean, yeah. Um, and people are saying like Tenebris, like uh, they might bring Tenebris into the canon, I guess. But so far, it's just Palpatine and Plagueis. And I don't even know if canon confirmed that Plagueis was Palpatine's master or not. Yes, they did. They have. They, they did. They just didn't. Can, oh, I'm sorry, Jeremy. They didn't Tarkin. Yeah, uh, I think that they don't. They uh, they didn't. They no longer confirm that he's the species of alien that he is. Like all we know about him in canon is that he was. Palpatine's master, and you know he died in his sleep. He was killed so, in his sleep. Yeah. So he's not a moon anymore. You? Uh, I mean, as as far as I know, he still is. But I heard like, I mean, we know nothing about uh, a canon play. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, <sighs> I mean, I do remember seeing concept art somewhere for like ideas of Plagueis before they made him a moon. But um, um. Like I said, all we know about Plagueis is that he existed <laughs> in canon. But that was a George choice. Uh, that that was that was a full on George. Oh, Plagueis the that was uh, that was his choice. Yeah, that was his oh, thing. I did not know that. Yeah, because I think it was like James uh, his interview. I his interview with James Lucina where he said he approached George about maybe making him like not a human, and George told him, "Yeah, he's a moon." Oh, immune. <laughs> Um, next, uh, we answered that one. Uh, we, we covered that one. Uh, covered that one. Eternals. 
I'm, I am kind of, speaking of Plagueis, I am kind of sad that James Lucino is not in Project Luminous because he actually wrote really good Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, he, he was such a good, like, and again, this was Eckhart's latter point in his video. He was such a good, like, connector of things. So it's in, like, when you're like, all right, this is our first chance to really get a multimedia project that's going to connect everything together, and you don't have the master of connecting things together on board. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, let, him in uh, New Jedi Order. What? Imagine New Jedi Order without the unifying force, Dylan. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't work, I don't think. You you need to have Lucino in there for both the unifying force and uh, was that Agents of Chaos? Yeah, I mean, Agents of Chaos was kind of early on enough that there wasn't really that much to tie together, but definitely with the unifying force, and then definitely with uh, Plagueis, because Plagueis, because. The EU had this uh, had this thing where, like, the publishers would be like, "Okay, for this set of years, we're gonna fill in the gaps of this era, and then after that's done, we're gonna move on to the next era." And every now and then, they'd go back to a previously established era with like a new book. And most of the time, when they did that, the new book wasn't that well received. Um, Shadows of Min Mindor being a good example example of that. Um, uh, Mal lockdown being a good example of that, but Plagueis was yeah. the exception. Um, yeah, uh, unless your name was Timothy Zahn, <laughs> which he wrote some of the worst examples of like tying things together with uh, his uh, let, let me do the backstory of things. It only worked once. Uh, Zahn's uh, Zahn's prequels to the Thrawn trilogy, Outbound Flight's the only one that actually works. Um, Allegiance and choices of one are garbage. And uh, what was it? S Scoundrels is almost unreadable. It's so infuriating as a book. The fact that that's one of the last EU books upsets me. That's also timeline wise the first appearance of Winter, I believe. Oh, God, she is in that, isn't she? Next comment. Interested in seeing upcoming MCU movies, but I'm more interested in MCU Disney Plus stuff. I'm not even interested in that. Um, the Wanda Wanda Vision is the only one I'm mildly interested in because I like that actress. Oh, uh, what's her name? Uh, it's Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's sister. Yeah, like I, she made Scarlet Witch interesting, which I didn't think was humanly possible. Unless it was House of M, the comic. Yeah. The only time Scarlet I'm a, given like crap about Scarlet Witch before that. Yeah. She was one so she was one of my favorite parts of the um the last few movies in the whole Marvel MCU arc. Mm -hmm. Well her and Vision are very it, that's a very interesting blending. Yeah. I like that direction. It's one of the one of the things I like of current MCU. I used to think that um, Disney and Fox like had like a deal about the the twins, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, because in a deleted scene in X Men: Days of Future's Past, you actually do see uh, you get a reference to um, the Scarlet Witch, but you never see her. And but they have Quicksilver, but we get Quicksilver in the MCU, and then you know he's killed off in one movie. Thing. I'm sorry, what? It was a weird ownership thing where they both ended up owning the rights to Quicksilver but not Scarlet Witch. Hmm. MCU owned Scarlet Witch. Mm -hmm. Dumbest thing. 
And that that was when, if you all remember in the comics, because Matt and I both bitched about this, they decided that Quicksilver and uh, and Scarlet Witch weren't Magneto's kids. Yeah, I saw that. I that, that irritated me to no end. It was so petty why they did it too. It was the same reason they canceled Fantastic Four. There was no Fantastic Four for a while. Because they didn't own it. Uh, yeah, I saw what you were talking about. Like, I think Scarlet Witch like <clears throat> put a curse on Magneto's bloodline. And then when they found out they weren't affected by it, they're like, oh, well, this is interesting. <laughs> it's like the worst episode of Mori ever. Like, Magneto, you are not the father. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. I want to see how Moon Knight turns out seeing as he's just a bootleg Batman. He's a bootleg Batman that's literally insane, though. You can't. You can't Moon Knight's one of my favorite Marvel characters. You can't, can't be. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to Moon Knight, actually. On, I'm intrigued I, by it. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say, I, I think it's interesting that they selected Moon Knight to make a show about it was about time is what I yeah I I, I want to learn more about Moon Knight I I've only knew about him from the uh, Web of Shadows Spider-Man game mm-hmm. and I want to like read more of the comics and everything because he does look like a very interesting character Jeff Lemire's run of Moon Knight's pretty good at least the opening of it would recommend oh, that okay. um okay. my my thing with Moon Knight is I wanted that before we got Jessica Jones because to me, Jessica Jones just had that awful... I mean, it wasn't super awful, but I just didn't care for it. If you all remember Marvel Max, Marvel. Talking, uh, there are almost NC-17 rated comics. <laughs> where they let Garth Ennis and Brian Michael Bendis write whatever they wanted with characters. So we had the nastiest Punisher series like ever, which is the, the highlight of it. I've not read that. I haven't uh, either. Punisher Max, you all need to read Punisher Sounds Max. Good. Specifically uh Garth Ennis's run of it. It is awesome. Punisher is in his 60s because it's the early 2000s. He's a Vietnam vet. And he is just like this killing machine that knows that it's not about revenge anymore. It's because he likes doing it. Which is an interesting angle to put on it. Yeah. That- um, but Brian Michael Bendis decided to write a comic about Jessica Jones called Alias. And in it, she and Luke Cage have anal sex. And it was a major, like, people freaked out about it. Like, it was rough anal going on in a Marvel comic. Like, people were not ready for that. But but I, <laughs> I feel like comic books aren't really as, like, in like the general public's eyes they once were like mo like yeah. little kids aren't just reading like you know whatever comics come out it's more of like a like a thing that you have to seek out i feel like yeah because like comic book movies are not made for comic book people anymore well they haven't really been ever uh, you could argue eight and nine batman well book people sure sure I would also argue that Logan was probably made towards comic book uh, lovers because of how brutal mm-hmm. it was. Why well, I love that movie. Logan yeah. was the uh, hey, Deadpool was good for being rated R. Let's make something better. 
Because, uh, I mean, say, love or hate Deadpool, it's not a good, good movie. And Logan is genuinely a good movie, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I saw a fan film where it shows Deadpool going to Logan's grave with a metal detector trying to find him. I thought that was hilarious. Um, moving on, we got another Star Wars. Uh, funny thing about the Mandalorian, the real Mandalorian. The Mandarin. Uh, Mandarin. Mandarin. We're still talking about <laughs> God damn. You knew having me on the show would make it get derailed into Marvel. Uh, I mean, they're all one in the same at this point. Yeah, sure. Kimchi movie. Okay. Uh, please don't give ITW Star Wars. Uh, I mean, ITW made some good Godzilla comics. Oh, I never read them. And Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. Uh, honestly, I, I said it back in the day when Marvel bought out Star Wars. Boom Studios would probably handle Marvel, uh, handle Star Wars the best. Like, no one's going to handle it well anymore. The days of Dark Horse taking care of something are, are well gone. Honestly, it should be just given to the fans. <clears throat> And like a select group of fans make the Star Wars comics, mm. but that that that's just me being an anarchist at this point. <laughs> Some sort of Karen Travis fan would get involved, and then things would things would deteriorate into clone Jedi love, Dylan's favorite pastime. The first, the first time they met. She describes she describes feeling his presence in the force as if he was she was sensing a child. And then the next book, they're boning on the floor. Oh my gosh. You Republic Commando. Oh. Why are you so good and yet so bad at the same time? I know. It's like the like, series of books. That's so interesting. That's like a, that's, um, a reversing of the whole sci-fi trope where there's like the girl who was just born yesterday and then becomes the romantic interest. Oh, that'd be an interesting point. You know, since she said you said it, I'm pretty sure Karen Travis listens to this podcast, obviously, because she hates our guts at this point for making fun of her for like a good 50 percent of She's, the episode. You're so good at lore building. Why are you and like, but why are you so terrible at you're so good at lore building and like action scenes. Why are you so terrible at like the love stuff? <laughs> Why do you write the worst Jedi characters and some of the best at the same time? There is no middle ground for like mediocre Jedi. They are either very fascinating, like anti Jedi Jedi, or they're just like dumbasses. Or Ahsoka. Her, her portrayal. Well, of she didn't really have a a choice with Ahsoka. She just had to. Oh, well, you can tell. You can tell in No Prisoners when she's writing about Ahsoka. That is the most begrudging experience. Basically, everyone's like, "Okay, Ahsoka, you're a little brat." Like for the whole book, it's great. Ten out of ten. We love Ahsoka on here. <laughs> Just wish DC would get a shot at start. No, uh, take that back. Uh, maybe well, DC's floundering now. I mean, they're talking about shutting it all down. <laughs> that that's 
Maybe you should have thought of not having Zack Snyder direct all of your films. They want to like shut down like the com. I I didn't realize. I don't know. I I think that I think Disney should just get it if they're gonna shut it, if they're gonna shut it down. Oh, or Andrew, you cannot promote a monopoly like that. You cannot do that on this. Podcast. I've been I, I've been saying this. I've been saying this for over 15 years now. Disney is just the standard oil of the 21st century. Yeah, the, no. The sooner I you realize horrible. this, the better. No, I agree. I agree that it's horrible. I just, I, I don't want it to disappear. Like, I, that's some of my, some of my favorite lores in DC. I mean, you are a big Green Lantern fan. I so. am. I would, I would love to see Jeff, Jeff Johns involved with Star Wars, but. I thought you were going to say Jeff Goldblum for a second there. No. I would love to see that. Yeah, that too, though. I would love to see the sure. Portlandia Star Wars crossover. Is it, is it weird that when I think Jeff Goldblum now, I think Portlandia? <laughs> or the fly? It's like the opposite side <laughs> of Jeff Goldblum's acting. <laughs> uh. Interestingly enough, I, I saw a meme out there whenever the whole Spider-Man uh, drama was happening that just like Disney was Spider-Man, Sony doesn't want to sell uh, Spider-Man to Disney. D- Disney by Sony. <laughs> I mean, they, that would... I think they realized that, like, that would be, a, like, a money pit. Yeah. By Sony. You don't want to... That would be one... That'd be, like, if the United <clears throat> States annexed... Oh, insert random Central American country that would disrupted their economy and their way of life in the 80s and they're still recovering from like it's a bad idea (laughs) there's no value in it um uh, moving on that this is only phase one of the high republic stuff Oh, that's that's true yeah they might bring him in I doubt it. The only reason I think James Lucino wrote the two new canon books he did was he was under contract. We know yeah. for sure he was under contract for Tarkin. Because mm. Tarkin was supposed to be an EU book. Yeah. They had to switch it. Yeah, those first four were EU books or contracts for EU books. Because, I mean, the, A New Dawn was not going to be what it was. Air of the Jedi was a name. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure Lords of the Sith was a thing too. And I mean, you could even make the argument that Dark Disciple was also probably a contract deal with Christy Golden. Any of the um the old writers coming back, with the exception of um Timothy Zahn was a strategic choice. I think and, uh I and, think all 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 the the original five books were all under contract. All the under contract that they had to do, yeah. Pre aftermath, now mm-hmm. Timothy yeah. Zahn wrote is writing the new Thrawn books, right? Of course, yeah. he he's writing the third tr- Thrawn trilogy. There's a trilogy of Thrawn trilogies now. Well, the, the second Thrawn trilogy doesn't even feel like a Thrawn trilogy, it feels like three standalone books. It's more <laughs> like a, a multiverse yeah. of Thrawn, <laughs> yeah. It's like the Rebels tie ins with Thrawn. Because they were solely written to be Rebels tie-ins, and it's kind of upsetting that they would do that. Because I, I'll give Zon credit; they are written better than Allegiance and Choices of One. They are written better than Scoundrels. 
they aren't good. I would not put them above like the Thrawn trilogy in certain regard. In some ways, they're better written than Thrawn trilogy. Thrawn trilogy is kind of clunky. It's yeah, clunky as uh, it's, it's also kind of dated. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I think the gold standard for Thrawn is uh, for Zon that matter is either Outbound Flight or Hand of Thrawn duology. I haven't made it to the Legends version of the Thrawn trilogy yet. I think that's like somewhere down the line. You're forewarned. They are written for people who've never read Star Wars before. I think that's why people like them the best is Mm -hmm. because they never read read anything quite like it. Mm. There are good moments in them, but there are some like dated 90s. Yeah. If I, I hate to say it, but the Thrawn trilogy might be the correct answer. And what do you read first? Not because it's the best thing to read, but because if you've read other EU and then go to the Thrawn trilogy, you're probably not going to like it as much. Remember when Tristan was miserable reading *Heir to the Empire* and complained about it every Minox Nest? He... Remember Minox Nest? I was on one like a few months ago. We won't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is, should be subtitled. The less said about this, the better. <laughs> it was fine. It was just, I, I'm just. We have up. a lot of Voldemort's on this podcast. It wasn't. It wasn't Minox Nest 19 and 19 and a half. <laughs> known as I will never get public office because I was associated with those. <laughs> and there's a um, good chunk of that that got edited out. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. The, the bad memories. So, uh, so Project Luminous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck Project Luminous. <laughs> Basically. Actually, I don't know. I'll read Charles Soule's book, but mainly because I'm curious to see how he writes a novel. Yeah, like I said, I'm going to give it a chance. I, I, I honestly think it looks interesting, and I it very well could be good. So, but you know, I'm, I'll give it a chance first before I say anything about it. Jacob, I forgot that Bendis wrote Superman. Bendis wrote Superman. It, what? It's bad. We, which which Superman did he write? Uh, it was a comic run. I don't remember. Um, oh. it, it's bad though. Uh, God has has. <laughs> And also, to be honest, I will ever shut down. It's I. You know what? I should be reading these out loud for the podcast. <laughs> you should. <laughs> it dawned on me uh, that I should be doing this, but I hate reading out loud. So it just I dawns on me that I upload these to iTunes after, so the pe- so the people aren't going to see the comments to know what we're talking about. <laughs> And I'm not editing this at all. Like I, I'm going full lazy mode because I don't have to edit out quarters. So Jacob uh, says, "God, as bad as DC is, never ever say that Disney should buy it." Also, to be honest, I don't. I don't think DC will ever shut down. It's too profitable, uh, and I IP farm shut down. Uh, we'll see. We should just have. We should just have uh, Bruce Wayne buy DC. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Elon Musk. Yeah, 
I don't think they were gonna they weren't gonna get rid of like the main characters. Like if they were gonna shut it down like they're talking about, they would maintain like Batman movies and like yeah. maybe like you know, other characters like the Flash, but there wouldn't be like a like whole continuity with the comics and whatnot. You mean we'd never get the Blue Beetle movie no one asked for? Or how yeah. about crazy quilts? We need a crazy quilts movie. Have you heard they're wanting to do Flashpoint with Ezra Miller to reboot the DCEU? Ew. Flashpoint sucks. Do you remember the Flashpoint um, Arrowverse? Yeah. Arc? I, the Arrowverse is, just, is such a mess. It's so bad. Well, that's, that's CW doing CW things than trying to write a plot around it. Yeah, I honestly... Uh, man, it was like one of the last seasons of The Flash I just stopped watching. And um, it just got a little too soap opera. I'm sorry, what was that? I, oh, I, I, I said it's been like that since pretty much like day one, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, like Smallville. <laughs> Smallville is unbearable. I'm shocked they haven't referenced Smallville. They have. They have? Yeah, and the uh, Infinite Crisis. Has the uh, Clark Kent, the guy who played Clark Kent, has he showed up as Superman? I know Superman's been Supergirl, but it's a different actor. Can I, uh, is it all right if I do a spoiler on this? Dude, no one gives a fuck about this. On the the, uh, CW-verse of Infinite Crisis, um, they travel to different universes, and one of them is Smallville, and it shows Tom Welling as Clark Kent, but... He uh, Lex Luthor uh, goes over there to kill him, but he finds out that he doesn't have his powers anymore because he he wanted to quit being stupid. <clears throat> family. That's kind of dumb. That is really stupid. You know, I mean, I can respect his decision to want to do that, but the only thing that bothered me about it was like, man, they gave us like almost seven to eight years worth of this show and then like in the course of two minutes they just said oh hey you guys like this show yeah yeah he finally became superman and we just decided like yeah i'm gonna quit being superman after like four years you know with his awful black suit that's a weird that's a weird timeline to imply exists um yeah i saw i saw like maybe half in various small chunks of that uh sort of three episode climax for the crisis uh story arc in the arrowverse and i hadn't seen any of like the shows in years leading up to it so i just had no idea like what was going on with the stuff that they changed and it was just it was very campy felt very like 90s style (laughs) i think my favorite part of the clips that i saw was when lex luther was trying to punch a depowered clark kent uh clark grabbed his hand and knocked him out and he says hey i'm still stronger (laughs) Oh, I gotta put this on. I thought it was an interesting casting choice. They got the guy that played Alan from Two and a Half Men to be Lex Luthor. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm not kidding. It's uh, it's Alan from Two and a Half Men uh, playing Lex Luthor. And I didn't recognize him at first because they shaved his head still, but he has a beard. So I'm not kidding. Like, go look this up. It's 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 kind of interesting. For those of you listening to this, I'm I'm scowling right now. (laughs) But the sad thing is, this is better casting than anything in the Zack Snyder movie. Yeah, 
Uh, and, and before uh, RK Outpost like starts like shitting on me right now, I have no idea why you like those films. They're fucking unwatchable. They don't even. I don't even think they're films. Can can we come to a consensus here that the Zack Snyder any Zack Snyder film post three hundred actually three hundred is debatable of whether it's a film or not is not film. It's just utter schlock. No, well, three hundred's a great how-to slow mo effects, slow motion effects. Uh, three hundred is the post-production movie. I think it what was it one. They filmed with the actors for like one month. They try. They got them in shape for in like two months. They did all those tire exercises. Then they filmed them on a green screen, and then they're like, okay. The effects team will take it from here. I wonder if you turned all the slow mo shots to real speed, how long the movie would actually be? Probably an hour. <laughs> 300 is not that great. I mean, it's nice that someone, aside from Frank Miller himself directing, could get the vision of 300, his comic, down without him heavily involved because Frank Miller is a crazy person, much as I love his work. He is insane. Absolutely insane. It's, I mean, that's that's why we got uh, The Spirit, the movie. It's that, someone okay. decided that he had that Frank Miller was uh, directing material, and, and Jimbo Joe is already jumping in on this because Jimbo Joe and I went to middle school together and high school, so he's heard like my Frank Miller stuff before. Um, it's funny that you uh, mentioned that because I actually, uh, one time on Facebook, just for fun, I asked, who is your top uh, five favorite Batman villains? And uh, my old roommate commented saying, you know, like Joker, Riddler, Scarecrow. And at the top, he put Frank Miller. <laughs> I love that Frank Miller wrote Batman and I hate it at the same time because it is a 50-50 machine. Like two of the best Batman stories are written by him. Also, like two of the worst written by him um it's debatable whether he wrote dark knight 3 the master race or if that was brian azarello pretending to be frank miller because frank miller is very sickly now i do believe if he's still alive i'm pretty sure he's still alive but he was really poor health so at the risk of uh, killing our view count as they all switch streams, I can't believe Matt chose right now to do his 5,000 subscriber celebration I, stream. I noticed. Are serious? <laughs> that son of a bitch. I saw a notification of that and just like, oh, hey, good for him. <laughs> there we go. This well, is, this is when um, this is when the view count drops to yeah. zero. Yeah, we should we should just go crash his live stream. I mean, like I was only going to try to keep this an hour and we got like six minutes. So we will we will descend upon him with wrath. (laughs) Give her him for 5000 subscribers. I hit this year was at the end of last year. I don't remember. I hit 15 like last week. And for me, just now starting YouTube, I'm, I'm actually proud of that. So, yeah. For sure. I mean, I was subscribed to Matt back in 2014 when he had less than 50. So I remember, like, that was when I joined in too. Uh, us defending the EU back in the day. Oh, I got to throw this out. Uh, also, in the 
uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, they actually brought in Ezra Miller's Flash at, in a cameo yeah. scene, and he and like Barry Allen are like looking at each other's the the uh, Grant Gustin's Barry Allen are like looking at each other's costumes, like, oh man, this is awesome. I want to try that. You know, I thought that was <clears throat> actually kind of funny to see. I I actually did enjoy that, mm-hmm. probably more than most of the other parts of it. Right. I I mean because. To me, I'm just like, oh, hey, they can do a maybe they can add more crossovers like that and bring it bring more back more viewers or something. You know, it would be a great Marvel thing to do. What? Funny. Edge of Sp- uh, Spider-Verse, like a sort of thing. I know they did it animated, but like Sam Raimi directs. We get all three guys who are Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Like a live action. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, get Emma Stone to be Spider-Gwen. Actually, isn't she like Phantom Spider is what they're calling her now? Ghost Spider. Wait, what? Spider? Ghost? It's yeah. get- not Spider-Gwen? No, yeah. it's, it's wait, 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 why? I they hate got that. renumbered for like the fifth time. I have no idea. The character for five years. <laughs> it's the dumbest I mean, thing. Really, like... In, in my opinion, the only reason that Spider-Gwen was so successful is because her costume is so striking. Like, you yeah. see that costume, you want to read it. interesting concept at the time. It was the right time to do it because, like, no one gave two shits about Gwen Stacy for the most part unless you were a serious comic fan until the Amazing Spider-Man made her, like, a cool character. Like, you not that Gwen Stacy was a bad character, but, like, she had been dead for decades and, like, you don't Except for JMS brought her back in Sin's Past, or kind of, kind of, sort of. We won't get into Sin's Past on here, because that is a whole nother can of worms on this Star Wars podcast. Yeah, remember we talked about Star Wars? <laughs> remember when we did a two-hour podcast where I shit on a bunch of things, and then we didn't release it because you kept throwing quarters on the table? Or remember the time that we did a Phantom Menace uh, throwback? And you just stopped talking after two minutes? I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> he just stopped, and he didn't have his cam on, so I didn't know if he left the room or not, so I just kept talking. <laughs> Little space. <laughs> and I said, you know what, are you there? And he's like, yeah. I said, fuck this. We're done. <laughs> We're done with this episode. I'm never going to release it. <laughs> I deleted it. And that's when we learned not to shoot back-to-back episodes. And then we did it again. And the reverse happened, where I was grumpy for our first two-hour episode. And you kept playing with change with your Goodwill microphone. And then I said, fuck it, let's do another one. Yeah, good times. I'm sorry, I'm still laughing. Okay. Like you just like you unloaded on him. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. You know, this is I, I have to talk to. This is what it was like when we flew together. Yeah, actually, we, we thought we didn't actually fly together. We were on the same plane, but we were way far apart. Mm-hmm. On there, like, Dylan was close to the front, and I was in the at the very back of the plane. Somehow I see this like going like you're way in the back, yelling like, "Hey, do you remember when you we were making that podcast and you kept counting quarters on the table?" <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, D- 
Dylan, that was episode 19. We filmed at Matt's house with Matt. Yeah. And we did a live stream, and you have your weird-ass computer that is in that weird uh, keyboard format you like to type in. It's a superior keyboard. Don't you start with that. Because it's faster. Wait, what format is it? I I use a Dvorak keyboard. Oh. Because he's a fucking hipster. No, because the keys are arrayed in a spa- in a place that the ones you hit the most are either on the home row or the top row you know, and the, are the closest yeah. to your index finger. You know, on the standard keyboard, you know, I, I hit the keys just fine. The standard keyboard was invented to slow you down so you don't jam the typewriter. You know what? Sometimes it's good to type slowly. I mean, I don't know. I... Maybe it maybe it does slow you down. I've I've definitely read about like the different formats, but in like in my experience, I can't even type like as fast as people get to on um, d- traditional key- keyboards. So I'm not worried about it. Yeah, like my wife's a writer, and I've seen her like write her books, and she's just like flawlessly just like going at it. Like she's like a like like a machine or something like that. I'm just like, how do you do that? You know. It's all practice with both with both keyboards. It's just practice. Yeah. But Dvorak's faster because you don't have to. Dvorak, once you get the practice, is faster than a practice QWERTY because you don't have to move your fingers nearly as far. They also make Dvorak left and right-handed for amputees. Oh. Or there's a specialized Dvorak keyboards for left and right-handed for yeah amputees who can only only have one hand to type with. You would know that, John Sadler. You would definitely know that. I'm just saying that Dylan isn't who what who he says he is, and you're trying to mislead these poor people that are in this chat. I'm already seeing people from who are in our chat on Matt's chat now. I know they all left. <laughs> they all fucking left. They said fuck this. Dylan's not throwing quarters around with his goodwill, Mike. You know, like they're done. They're done. They're done with us. I don't even want to talk about Project Luminous anymore. I was done with it. Ted Vitted said, <laughs> I don't want to, dude, I, I quit. I quit the Legends podcast. That's what I'm saying. It's Ender's podcast now. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm, it's just going to become a Green Lantern, Jeff Johns uh, podcast. And it'll just be me talking about that episode after episode. Yeah, no. Um, do we want to get into what we're reading? I literally have nothing else to talk about. Uh, uh, like I said, I'm reading. I'm on book two of Darth Bane trilogy. So, um, how far are you into Rule of Two? Uh, well, I'm on the audio, so I think I'm on uh, about like. Oh, geez. Uh, here, let me just get my phone, and I'll just. Is uh, how is old is Zana? Kid, yeah. I'm sorry, what? How does Zana? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like at that point where Darth Bane just saved her from these group of people about to kill her. Uh, let me see. Um, that doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> Is she still like nine-year-old Zana? I'm, I'm on chapter 10. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so she's probably adult sleeper agent Zana. Yeah, she uh, last before the uh, 
uh, geez, what was like Darth Bane was like flying these giant flying creatures and he killed a bunch of people or something like that to save Zana. Oh, okay. I vaguely remember that. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Dude, the ending of that book is like one of the best things I've ever seen ever. Uh, the rule of two. I thought it was a little contrived in how it resolved itself. But that yeah. final battle, that final battle was epic, though. Oh, God. In Dynasty of Evil, it's also pretty awesome, too. Um, but I can't spoil that for you. You need to witness that. Mm-hmm. And then look at the, the art in the Essential Readers Companion that goes with Rula 2. Oh, There's okay. a really cool painting in there. Oh, I didn't know. Well, like I said, I only have the audio books. So the... uh, no, not in the, in the uh, Pablo Hidalgo's Essential Readers. Oh, okay. Never mind. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. Ender doesn't read Star Wars ever. I'm still I, reading It's the been a very third. long time. Ender, why did, why did you interrupt Dylan? <laughs> you so said, Peter, but why did you do name. it? No, I didn't say your name. I did it's say on your the name. Screen. My name's on my real name's on the screen. I know. <laughs> I mean, we could we could pitch my idea when we were at work one day, and I was bored, and I decided I wanted to remake Ender's Game, and just start have Ender star as a small child by uh, doing like dwarf on golf, where he's just on his knees and like. To his knees, and I would just be Harrison Ford's character looking like I need a nap. <laughs> oh my, you know, you know, the like probably a week after we've been working together, one of the first things that you said to me was, You need to star in my Highlander fan film I'm making. <laughs> I was like, I was like Who's making a Highlander fan film in 2018? <laughs> That was me because I realized someone told me you were uh, you competed fencing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. And I was like, oh, I want to have a sword fight with this guy on camera and we'll make it into a Highlander fan film. I forgot all about that. I was probably sleeping when it happened. No, Dylan, this was not the Gen Con trip that I was very drunk for most of and don't remember chunks of it. Oh, yeah. You told me me and steve about that once oh at work and we and he passed out for an hour and i woke up next to a bunch of neck beards and i wondered what happened with my life (laughs) yes or uh when this very nice lady was trying to teach me how to play a board game and i fell asleep (laughs) that was another good one (laughs) did we talk about these in the last podcast that i edited out my like Jokingly drunk things, just so I can put them in this one. It, this is still not as bad as the uh, the times I fought with Tristan while he was drunk on Skype, or th- the various like drunk shenanigans I try to do while on Skype calls with Dylan and everyone. Yeah, like the time you forgot how to, how stairs worked. Oh, when I I was too drunk to walk, and I needed to go up some a couple flights of stairs. So I tried if you walk. ever wondered what it looks like if for a slinky to go up a set of stairs, uh, we <laughs> those of us on that Skype call knew the, found out the answer. <laughs> Dude, I attempted to roll up the stairs and it didn't fucking happen. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to crawl up the stairs. 
What was I drinking that night, Dylan? Do you remember? Was it that awful bison grass vodka that I called Edward juice? It might have been that. Oh, so there was this guy called Darth Grocer. And he and I had like a beef on uh, YouTube because I kicked him out of our Facebook group for being an asshole. He's actually being an asshole to Jimbo Joe, to be honest. And I, I just kicked him out. <laughs> and we had a little YouTube war. And like fucking every time I so I made a video sober. I think I made an, a can rant about him called The Reason You Were Banned. And then he made a video back like trying to guilt me or something. So then by this point, I was like just drinking. It was bison grass vodka someone gave me for my 21st birthday. I think it was my friend because he didn't want to drink it anymore. Literally had the piece of grass this long in the bottle. And so I was drinking that like fucking Darth Grocer, you fucker. And like just like made a video like just bashing his channel and that was about the end of it that was also how the geeks attic became um admin of the redacted uh star wars group we were a part of until we were forcefully kicked from it for no real reason other than tyrant bullshit because we we needed several admins to get rid of all of Darth Grocer's uh, spam accounts and troll accounts. He had at least eight of them in there initially. And then we removed like a ton more. Like it was it was a nightmare back in the day. Uh, he was a good soldier in the beginning of the EU movement, but um, he I think in hindsight, he caused more trouble than he helped. Um, because like the swag seventy seven thing, I wouldn't. I don't think would have nearly been as bad as if if he hadn't been involved in that. Him and other members of another podcast that we used to be on. But yeah, uh, Dylan, what are you reading? I'm still reading the third Coruscant Nights book. It's all right. I'm still reading Shadow Hunter. I think I've been reading that longer. I, why are we both stuck on Michael Reeves books? <laughs> You're not, on the good Michael Reeves book, though. <laughs> I am, but I just keep getting too much homework. I, I read like five different uh, five different books for homework every weekend. I've not had time to read. Yeah, and well, then, honestly, the same. It upsets me that none of his books have unabridged audiobooks. They don't. None of them. Do. Not even the Last Jedi, the, the newest one. The Last Jedi, I don't think even has an audiobook. Yeah. Oh. Oh. The the Legends one. No, it doesn't. I looked for it. No, it doesn't. And I don't think any of Coruscant Knights does either. I think MedStar does and uh, Shadowhunter. I wonder if they did that with Last Jedi because they're about to release the episode eight, the Last Jedi. No, it was there's this short era where. Um, before Penguin Random House got the rights to Star Wars, they had another company, and there's just like a year where they didn't have audiobooks. Because Choices of One, that's a Zon book, doesn't have an audiobook at all. Oh, okay. You think if anyone would get an audiobook, it'd be Timothy Zahn? So, yeah. There's this whole era of Star Wars EU where they're all just abridged audiobooks, and it went for a really long time, and it upsets me greatly. Yep. 
Yeah, part of the Han Solo, the actually the whole Han Solo trilogy is all abridged. Abridged. Um, most of Bantam's abridged. All of New Jedi Order is abridged. All of Legacy of the Force is abridged. Most of the Clone Wars books are abridged. Um, the novelizations aren't abridged, even though they came out during that time. Yeah, and neither is the Thrawn trilogy. Well, the Thrawn trilogy, they went back and they did for the 20th anniversary. That's you, why those and the Hand of Thrawn duology aren't ab- are unabridged. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because Survivor's Quest is abridged, and so is Outbound Flight. That's right. But Scoundrels isn't. Is unabridged. And so is... Oh, God. Is Allegiance unabridged? I don't remember. This doesn't matter. It's not a good book. Well, I could bring up Audible and find out. <laughs> this is what we need right now. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I read the first issue of the Kylo Ren comic. I heard that that was actually not too bad. It's okay. It's got good art. It's kind of weird. It's hard for me to care at this point because they were like, we're going to have a Knights of Ren movie. And it's like, no, you're not, bitch. Uh, so far, uh, everything new canon is unabridged. It's the, something the new cam's got going for it. Let's see. Here we go. Here's a Legends book, Darth Maul Lockdown, unabridged. So, well, that was one of the last ones. It would be, uh, Outcast, unabridged. Yeah. All yeah. Of- the Jedi is all of State of the Jedi from about 2009 onward. They're all unabridged. Yeah, because Dave, the Clone Wars movie novelization is abridged, but the the Clone Wars TV show tie-in books are unabridged. The Kevin J. Anderson books, the Jedi Search, that's abridged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the Jedi Academy books. Um I just remembered I was going to go into something before we got into the show with you. Uh, Because Adam was like, I don't like that the Clone Wars messed with the timeline, the show. But I don't think you fully understand how how bad the timeline shifts if you take Mm -hmm. Clone Wars as 100% truth. Mm -hmm. You don't know until you read Clone Wars Wild Space by Karen Miller. When you find out that Anakin, who was knighted about halfway through the Clone War, was suddenly knighted three months into the Clone War, <laughs> instead of a year and a half to two years in. And that suddenly half of the Clone War happened in three months, which is physically impossible. There's a great video by um, Captain Fordo on YouTube that goes over... Uh, because just the timeline itself of how that shift over essentially erases more than half of the Clone Wars multimedia projects. Because oh, all that either needs to either all those stories need to either happen in two months or they didn't happen at all. <laughs> I mean, like things like uh, Jabim, which is referenced in the Clone Wars novelization of the film. And like things, Karen Travis still references things from the other Clone Wars material because mm-hmm. she was writing beforehand, but Karen Miller doesn't. 
Karen Miller's thing is like Obi-Wan and uh, Bale went to Sagula and uh, Obi-Wan got poisoned by the dark side and Bale had to protect him. That was what Wild Space was about. That sounds like enough material for a short story, right? Mm-hmm. Not like a 300 page novel. Oh my gosh. And then there was a, and, and then there was a stealth and gambit where the conflict was Obi-Wan wants to know what happened to Anakin on Tatooine, but he doesn't want to say, and Anakin wants to know what happened on Obi-Wan on the Sith planet, but he doesn't want to say, and they're going to, and you have this conflict and it's like, okay, so I guess they're going to trade information and that's, and that's how they're going to get over it. But then like, they just don't. No, no. The thing is, um, and I know why I know why, but still, why do you set that conflict up? If you know, you can't pay it off. What kills me stealth and siege is that why does it have to be Anakin and Obi-Wan involved in stealth and siege? Why couldn't it be other Jedi? Does it have to be Anakin and Obi-Wan are sent behind enemy lines to uh, stop what they were? All all 10,000 other Jedi were busy, I guess. I was about to say they're the Jedi dream team, I guess. (laughs) The, The only thing worth like mentioning positive for um stealth and siege is it's the best ahsoka storyline because when ahsoka's in when she's involved because she's not very involved in it but her stuff is pretty awesome right it's just it's just so happens that her stuff also involves uh obi-wan's love interest number 26 you know, you're asking about like how come o- Anakin and Obi Wan were always on these missions. I kind of see like uh, Fred from Scooby Doo, like assigning like, okay, Shaggy and Scooby, you take over here. Anakin and Obi Wan, you take that mission over there. Is <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> the most asinine thing. Um, like what kills me with um, with uh, with those is that like we have the third Obi Wan love interest. Is introduced. I don't even call her a love interest. That was his side ass. They have no chemistry other than they are sexually attracted to each other and occasionally sleep with each other. Who is dying of shellfish poisoning? Space shellfish. Unironically, yeah. Literally (laughs) ate something and is slowly dying because it's poisoning her. And there is nothing that anyone can do in the Jedi Temple for it and obi-wan has to deal with this but she has never been brought up ever and this causes a schism another schism between anakin and (laughs) obi-wan because it's like what what do you mean that um obi-wan has a side ass and i have and he's like going to be against my wife it's Mm -hmm. like and again, this is why all the side. This is why all like. That's why the Obi Wan harem doesn't make sense, right? Because when it was just Siri Tashi, and the storyline was, I could have, but I didn't. It opened up this great aspect between the the two of them relationships, where Anakin literally cannot confide in Obi in his own master about Padme because his master was in that same situation and did what the Jedi code what the Jedi code deemed was the right decision. So he knew he couldn't confine his master because he just wouldn't understand because he was there. He was in that same decision and he made the other choice. But now that he has like a literal harem, 
Yeah, like, uh, what was it, Duchess Satine? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But the thing is, you can't ignore Satine, because she's mentioned in Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Which is infuriating. Like, when you're trying to fix Clone Wars stuff, which we dove into a whole lot in the last episode. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that, yeah. You can't? Because it's just, it's just tied into so many different things. Plagueis references Clone Wars. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, with uh, Mother Towson's in. Yeah, Mother... Oh, she's not in it, but she's mentioned. And mm-hmm. the fact that... And the fact that Maul is from Dathmere and he has a twin brother... That's all in Plagueis. And it's like, you can't just get rid of Plagueis because it's one of the best expanded universe novels out there. It makes yeah. sense of the Phantom Menace. I'm sorry, it makes what? It makes sense out of the Phantom Menace. Yeah, I actually appreciated the Phantom Menace a lot more after I read that book. Like, and on top of that, like, you can't get rid of, like, the Mortis uh, episodes because that would ruin fate of the Jedi's climax. <laughs> like that's tied up. Um, God, there's so many things. Although the Nautilus blinking is Dylan's favorite thing about the Clone Wars. It's not, it's not the Nautilus, just Kit Fisto. They don't have eyelids. How did he blink? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Cause they're aquatic. They don't possess eyelids. They don't have them. How did he blink? How how did Kit Fisto survive Geonosis without eyelids? They have like a membrane or something. That would suck still. How I mean without without eyelids, how does he even like Well, snakes don't have eyelids. That's true. That's true. Now, is he supposed to be like an aquatic type alien? Like an amphibian type alien? Yes. Uh Nautilins are Nautilins are kind of weird because they're they're supposed to be aquatic in that their home planet is um their home planet Gleanselum. It's like part of it's un- part of it's underwater and the other parts land and the Nautilin are like the underwater people, but they're like the only alien race that is equally like adaptable on land and in water. Like they can do both and not like suffer detriments where every other one is either, is better at one than the other. They have like some sort of like handicap when going to the one that they're not suitable for, whereas not ones are equally competent in both. I was about to say, because if he was more amphibian, kind of like a frog, then how would he be able to survive on Geonosis just though with the the sun temperatures like bur- like drying up his skin? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's. I just love that he blinks. I also love that they didn't even try to match up his voice from Jindy Tartoski's Clone Wars. Yeah, he had the... Uh, who who voiced him, do you remember? In which? Uh, the uh, In the Clone Wars, he had a Coruscanti accent, which, which just makes sense, because, you know, it, it, in my opinion, most Jedi from that age should have a Coruscanti accent because they were literally taken from their families as children and grew up on Coruscant. Yeah, it would make sense. But uh, he has this weird Jamaican accent in in yeah, uh, it's very Wars. odd. It's uh, it to me like that was bad. It wasn't as bad as Quinlan Vos's voice. <clears throat> how I never wanted Quinlan Vos to sound. Is how they voiced him in Filoni's Clone Wars. 
basically anything with Quinlan Voss's character I didn't like in Filoni's Clone Wars. That's the same. I just remembered that's the same episode where Zero the Hut talks to the Tony Montagna Hut, the Don Colleone oh Hut, and like the Ray Liotta Hut. I forgot. Oh my god! I happened. Did you see the new episode of Clone Wars where we had the Rambo clone? Yeah. No. It's... <laughs> Wait. Okay. So can I can I talk about this whole Bad Batch situation with the clones? I know they were purposely messed with to be a Bad Batch, but they're named after ninety nine, which was the defective clone, right? That yeah. was around in Clone Wars. And this is like this is such a this is such like a microcosm of what the of what TCW gets wrong is because. The Kaminoans would not have had a bad batch. They no. would not have had a defective clone. There was this is in the Republic Commando Commandos. There oh, was wow. a single there was a single arc trooper that in one of the in one of like the blaster training exercises scored one point off a perfect score. And the next day, every single clone from that batch went missing. Yeah, they euthanized them. That's why, like, Ordo and the other Knolls were such a big deal in Republic Commando, because they they weren't obedient, and it was Skarada that decided that they couldn't be euthanized. Mm -hmm. and, and they did euthanize. They euthanized half half of them. There were originally 12 Knolls. There was only six by the time Skarada got there mm -hmm. and, and saved the rest of them. Yeah, and because of that, we tried tampering with it, and then it backfired on us. They didn't tamper with it again. Um, I will say that episode of Clone Wars was pretty awesome. It's my favorite episode of the entire series. I I, I quite liked it. Um, when I saw the trailer, the the trailer where they were talking about it was one of the later ones where they reveal that they're going to be having the quote unquote bad batch. Um, the other clones, there's some footage where they're they're talking about how they're different, and I immediately assumed that they were going to portray the later clones that they made. Um, I guess that's not really. I don't. I don't think that's in the new the new con. But you know, the clones that were made that were more obedient and didn't have like full autonomy towards the end of the Clone Wars. Yeah, the the Republic Commando no novels do um, hint the fact that. They were using other cloning. They were using non-communal mm -hmm. sources for clones. And they were growing them out in like a year. For the 501st. For the 501st and other um, and other units as well. But the 501st was one of them. God. It, it, it's so... Also, Echo is still alive. Spoilers. That was That was a weird thing to throw in there. Under. what that that echo is still alive that was, oh yeah that, no no i don't get that that's weird uh, i don't that, like what that, is that, he like hooked up or they brainwash him or is it just his brain that'd be pretty dark for uh for considering it's still fundamentally a, i mean it started off as a children's show i mean having things on exclusive channels now it's kind of like streaming services, it's kind of you can have more fluid demographics, but that's still that's pretty like intense for. I just think of how dark Karen Travis would take it, <laughs> because I always think because Filoni and Travis hate each other. That, that this is pretty much a fact as far as like I'm concerned. 
she, he's the reason she's not she left Lucasfilm. Just just what he did with the Mandalorians alone, like set her riled her up. Because I mean, like she her, that was those were her people. That was her her whole thing was the Mandalorians and like how the Mandalorians were um were this warrior race that like adopted one another and stuff and they didn't say this is the way and they took their helmets off from time to time which can i just say in the mandalorian that's so stupid because yeah I, contradict I home wars and rebels where the mandalorians are taking their helmets off all the time sabine spends most of rebels without her helmet on yeah that is that is a really good point i've only i've only seen like i'm i keep i keep getting like distracted from the mandalorian i've only seen like four episodes but mm-hmm. yeah the, like the amount of time he spent talking about how he can never take his helmet off it's just it's such a it doesn't make any sense which episode did you see did you see the one where like the guy he hired he uh, who hires him for a job betrays him or was it the one where like he takes a job with another guy who betrays him or was it that that other one where he takes a job with like three guys and they all betray him uh i think i i haven't finished <laughs> I, I i i saw the last one i saw was the one where he works with the ex shock trooper mm. so i'm not that oh, far oh, the uh, what's her face from deadpool oh that's like the one where the guy he teams up with doesn't <laughs> <to> trim <laughs> that's the only episode of it yeah i watched them all uh my aunt and uncle showed me them they we, we binge the entire thing and i'm just like this guy literally all the plot of almost every episode is he gets betrayed yeah. Yeah. And they walk down a hallway for an episode. <laughs> Season two, Baby Yoda betrays him. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Yoda throws one of those weird um, desert, like Star Wars rhinos at him. <laughs> that was dumb. How did he survive that? Even with that kind of armor. That is the one thing, though, like Dylan was telling me, because Dylan saw this before I did. I had no desire to watch this, but I got like talked into it. Um, how uh, I like that the uh, the Mandalorian armor is like a special thing still, yeah, and that only some people can forge it, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that that's nice, which that was actually that's uh, again, that was stolen from um, Legends because in in Legends, only the Mandalorian. Smiths knew how to use uh, how to make Mandalorian iron, but the Empire mined it dry. And it's kind of a in um, Legacy of the Force. There's a subplot where they find a new vein of it that they can make more Mandalorian armor out of it, so they don't have to use Durasteel and old um, and old versions. Huh? Yeah, I, I I like the whole idea of like reclaiming the ore from the the Empire. That was an interesting idea thematically for the it doesn't really pay off i'm just warning you now yeah i i i can already start i can already start to feel the show like i don't know kind of wavering can we can we talk about the dark saber or do you not want to talk about that ender because you haven't seen that i mean i haven't seen it but i also probably should go because i haven't eaten anything in too long all right man. <laughs> all right see you dude Thanks for having me. All right. All right. Thanks for having me. All right.
Why the unholy fuck does the dark saber mean anything to Mandalorian? People? I know, right? It doesn't uh, make any sense. I guess because the first Mandalorian Jedi, I don't know, sentimental reasons. But they they stole it. That that was established in Clone Wars. They stole that that stupid lightsaber, and it is a stupid lightsaber. Yeah, the canon version of Darth Bane's lightsaber was going to look something like that too, except it was going to have like a, like a long pike on it with like a red like the it was gonna it was gonna look like the dark saber, I think, but it was gonna um, just uh, be red instead. I don't mind it being a dark saber because dark sabers do exist in the EU. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a book called Dark Saber. Yeah, I saw that at the bookstore the other day. But it's not about a, a lightsaber. Well, no. act, technically. No, but you could have black lightsabers in, like, the Star Wars games and stuff. Yeah, Force Unleashed had them, too. So. Well, Force Unleashed is barely a video game. Yeah, that's... I Walking simulators that you walk through stormtroopers while swinging your lightsaber around? Uh, my roommate, when he first tried that game, he was like, wow, I could beat the whole game just by spanning the force push button, you know? Yeah. Throwing TIE Fighters. That's when I said this is the dumbest thing I've ever played. The only thing that was difficult about those games was the end Vader fight in the first game, and in both games. And the second game was only bad because of the platforming. The second game had bad quick time events. So that was at that beginning when they really quick time became like the norm. There's some dumb quick time. I remember, I think I know I, I didn't die during the Vader fight in Force Unleashed 2. You know when I died? So I was fighting the four ATSTs before the Vader fight. The only time I died in my playthrough of Force Unleashed 2, and I was playing on hard. I, I will give Force Unleashed 2. One plus, I do like that moment in the fight pits when, like, they're about to send, like, the big bad, like, monster at you, and you're just like, oh, man, what's it going to be? Then it's like a Rancor, and you're kind of like, oh, okay, I kill these all the time. Then the Rancor gets killed by that Gorak thing, and you're just like, oh, okay, well. Yeah, and then you're falling with it, Dorada. <laughs> and that that's stupid. But you yeah. know what's really stupid in Force Unleashed 2 is the Yoda cameo. That's yeah. Oh, you mean that episode where you just walk, you collect one holocron, then you walk to the uh, to a to a cutscene, and then the episode, then it's end over. You walk into the magic tree for fan service, and Yoda goes, Arr! and that's it. That's all you do. What a waste of a game. Yeah, that was. I think, unfortunately, least one what now kills it for me is like when he pulls a whole star destroyer out from space. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, no. No. I, I unfortunately think that the Force and Least screws with so much continuity that it almost has to be S canon. Yeah, it takes a lot to fix it. The fact that Star Killer started the rebellion has always been something that I find irritating. Mm-hmm. We talked about it two episodes ago in the episode that will never be released of how much I, I fucking hate Force Unleashed. <laughs> That was the beginning of not giving a shit about continuity. Because it doesn't make any fucking sense. And, like, in order to have Force Unleashed 3, you have to literally make sure everyone that's a main character in the Force Unleashed that is solely made for the Force Unleashed dies. And specifically, like, 
at Vader's or Boba Fett's hands dies. I saw some reactions uh, to um, Fallen Order when Vader first comes out. Oh, God. Yes. And, uh, like, everybody's, like, freaking out. They're like, okay, well, this is how the whole game's going to... Vader's just going to come in and kill everyone, so... This, the, that's a whole thing with the new canon we can get into that I can't stand, is the nerfing of Darth Vader when it comes to main characters and how somehow Ezra Bridger... Kanan Jaros and Cal Kestis all have plot armor to survive Darth Vader when not a single one of them made it past Padawan. That's, that's a good point, yeah. It's like, oh, also Ahsoka. That's another one. How is Ahsoka even at holding her own against Vader? Mind you, this isn't like old Vader that we see fighting Luke. This is like still kind of in a little out of his prime Vader, but he's still killing Jedi on a regular basis. So like, he's still like aware and like doing this shit, like fighting the light side on a regular basis. And it's still like these people can hold their own. It doesn't make any sense. Quite frankly, I thought everyone should have died at the end of Rebels, but unfortunately we gotta have this the dumbest ending to a TV show ever. Mm-hmm. To be fair, we don't know what happens to any of them, so they could have been... Well, isn't, the, uh, isn't there a droid in Rogue One? Yeah, well, I mean, like... Hera's a, char- a main character in the Alphabet Squadron books. Oh, she is, I haven't read that. Oh yeah, yeah. She's the only good part of Alphabet Squadron. Is when I don't mind Hera being there. Hera makes sense, although why Twi'leks and humans can have kids is like something that will baffle my mind to the day I die. Yeah, and, they they touched on that too with the the, uh, the last shot book. Like, because doesn't Lando like? And oh yeah, and Kasha is her name. Yeah, like Fakasha bread. That that was kind of a funny part of the book when that uh, other that part I can't remember what species he is. Um, he walks in on them like like in bed, and then like they're both trying to cover up, and he's like, "Whoa, twilight butt!" and "Whoa, human butt!" You know, it's just oh yeah, I forgot. Uh, wasn't that their hacker? Yeah, or or no, that was I think it was a pilot that they hired. Uh, I, there's a I, couple I of characters in that book. I just love the Gungan that isn't dumb. I love that scene. That was like <laughs> joke in that whole book. Dylan is looking out there like miserable, like, oh, I, I fucking I hate Star Wars. I just want to throw my quarters all over the table. <laughs> Don't you fucking do it. Oh. This isn't even a quarter. It's a, I actually got this at a celebration. It's a wood chip coin. I don't want that hidden the table. I will reach through and rip your goodwill mic off of your ear. I can just see him be like, why are you little? <laughs> it's made of wood, though. I don't uh, No, I don't want to hear it on the table. I feel like I'm talking to a small child. <laughs> I, the, man, the, the coins. I, I apologize to the one viewer who's still watching this. Hello, Bradley. 
I apologize to the one viewer that's still watching this. Bradley, hello there. <laughs> Instantly. He said that before because there's like a delay on the stream. So he literally said that before you said. I know. <laughs> Beautiful. It was meant to be. <laughs> but um, how can we? Uh, I just don't get how Twi'leks and humans can have children. And especially Hera and Kanan. I don't know when they got it on to, to, to create that that. Monster. Yeah. yeah, I have no idea. Like they've like kissed like what once, and and then he got engulfed in a fire <laughs> with this terrible haircut. I and mean, he's blind. Yeah, well, he sees with the force. He's like Neo. Mm. He suddenly. You mean he's like Ram Coda? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that they already did that in Star Wars. They've done that a handful of times, though. The Jedi could see with the force. Yeah, there was um in the uh, Knights of the Old Republic, one of uh, the comic, one of them could had that. Well, there was that species of like human, like sect of humans that. Yeah, I think that was her without eyes. Yeah, and they foresee. They foresee. And then because there's that weird. Did you ever read the Tales comic stolen? Because there's no. a comic where Darth Nile um, or Nihilus gives this he finds this <clears throat> and he takes her as like his daughter slash apprentice and he gives her eyes and they're just these black soulless nasty eyes it's freaky weird it's an interesting story it's very short but she's like she considers him father because she gave him he gave her the ability to see it's is this an is this an Infinity's Tales or is no this is this was a tie into Kotor two, mm. no this was this was canon. It might actually be collected. Now that I think about it, it might be in one of the old Republic Marvel Epic collections. And Tales of the Jedi isn't. And I can see you stewing right now, and the Tales of the Jedi has not been reprinted. Well, I just I was I was actually thinking that I just said, like, it's not an Infinity's Tales. And you knew what I meant by that, because I was having a conversation with someone about uh, about the Star Wars books who wasn't into Star Wars books. And I was describing it's like, yeah, so there's different kinds of thing. And I used the term um, adult novels to refer to, like, the the novels that weren't for children. And they're like, oh, Star Wars has adult novels. And I'm like, yeah, not like that. <laughs> like, well, yeah, no, I've I've oh had conversation before. I mean, like if you read a Chuck Wendig book, I'm just saying that that gets into porno territory or um or E.K. Johnston, like E.K. Johnston or, Troy, or Legends Troy Denning sometimes, sometimes, but it's not as bad as a new canon. Um, where we actually stackpole was probably the worst at that in the X-Wing books. Well, the X-Wing comics. Mandatory retirement. We get that mandatory ass. <laughs> so, they're playing video games. It's fine. Oh, I just thought it was funny timing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I had an argument with Matt the other day, Dylan. Mm-hmm. About who was trying to seduce Ben in Legacy of the Force? It was Tahiri. That's what I said. And he said it wasn't. 
Because that's like the creepiest thing in the EU that I can think of. Yeah, because Tahiri is like in her 30s and Ben's like 15, 14, 15. I get get to see you guys now going to his live stream and be like, hey, uh, congrats on 5,000 subscribers. It was Tahiri, by the way. You wouldn't know because the scene the scene was because Tahiri was Jason's or uh, Kytus's like second apprentice kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, oh I forget what it was about, but he was oh he was trying to get they were trying to get the information to where um the Je- um Luke pretty much hid like the entire Jedi Order after um the attack on um the Praximate Yavin. And he went, and Jason and um, Ben, who was captured, wouldn't tell him. So Tahiri starts trying to seduce him to get the information out out of him. And then, like he 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 doesn't. He's like, "Oh well, I guess I'll just torture you and kill your friend then." Oh, yeah, that that Kytus is uh, Ben's cousin, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, Jason Solo. Yeah. Yeah. Also, was. Ben was training under him at the beginning of the series. Yeah, because um, yeah, because um, Jason was um, Ben's master. I actually don't know if Ben act got knighted ever, because <laughs> that think, happened. I do know that Ben kind of took a break from the Jedi at one point. I, re- I remember reading that, but that I, was Jason. I thought it was. I thought it was Ben. He no. wanted to. No, uh, Jason. After after New Jedi Order, Jason like went on a sabbatical basically for like eight years, and then came back right in time for the Dark Nest Crisis. Uh, ben, after the events of um, Legacy of the Force, this isn't really that much of a spoiler because it happens like the first book. But uh, Luke gets blamed for Jason's fall. So um, you're saying Dal- fate of the Jedi? You said fate like- of the Jedi. Yeah. So Dala, who is chief of state at this point, um, which who who did that? <laughs> Dala is always up to no good. And no, no, she had a really good showing in at the end of the Second Galactic Civil War. I'll say that. <laughs> I guess, but yeah, Dala Dala blames Luke, and Luke is kind of like, yeah, okay, sure. And then Luke exiles himself, though it's really like at Dala's. It's kind of like a mutual thing, but Dala basically exiles him, and Ben's like, I'll go with you. Oh. And it's like the awesome part of that series. One of them. Yeah. And then the uh then the then the Jedi Order is left in the hands hands of um Kent Hamner, and uh boy does he not do a good job. Yeah. It, it, you know what would have been a great idea if Luke left the Jedi Order in the hands of Kip. He tried that because that uh, basically anytime Luke leaves uh, leaves the order leaves the order in charge of any, anyone else, it goes to terrible. Because there was a point in Dark Net in the Dark Nest Crisis where he had to go, and he left it in charge of. Um, what, what, I don't know if it was Corn or Kip, but it was one of them, and the and they started like a literal like almost civil war over. Over the Jedi, over who was over the Jedi Order that Luke had to come back and stop. <laughs> Kip, I remember Kip literally at one point throws Corn into a bunk into a bulkhead with the Force because he was so upset with him. <laughs> uh, I just, 
I just love that um, certain characters just get forgotten and then show up briefly in Fate of the Jedi. Uh, a handful. Well, there is a little bit of a continuity error that um, exists. There's a continuity error or something forgot because um, there's two Jedi, uh, Streen and Karina T, who are both uh, Luke, who are both a part of Luke's first class at um, at the Jedi Praxium at, at Yavin during um, um, the Jedi Academy trilogy. And it's stated that after the death of of Mara, that they both went to Dathomir to establish a uh, a like a temple there to like train the Dathomiri in in the Force and like recruit from there. Then Fate of the Jedi happens, and one of the things is that Luke can't go to a can't go to a planet that has a Jedi establishment or found a Jedi establishment anywhere. But at one point in the in the book, they're forced to go to Dathomir, and it's not explained of why does he go to Dathomir when, like, supposedly Strain and Karina T are there making their own, like, off, like, uh, not even a splinter, but, like, a, a, like, a subsidiary Jedi temple. But that's okay, but they don't even show up? That is weird. I don't know. I don't... It's... Yeah, I mean, you have those occasionally. Um, you know, Dylan, you know what you should have read? Scourge. That was when you skipped, right? Mm. In New Republic? Yeah, it yeah, it wasn't Bantam. Yeah, basically Dylan skipped three books. No, four books, because there's a Zon book you skipped then too. You skipped I, Survivor. Yeah, I skipped Skirt, Survival's Quest, um, Shadows of Mindor, and um Shadowing Ghost. Uh, yeah. Because they Tatooine. were all Delray editions later. Tatooine Ghost is a nothing book. Luke Skywalker and the I heard Door is just a bad book. Oh, really? I actually bought that book. I was going to read it. People love it because they like Matthew Stover. Matthew Stover. Yeah, he like doesn't it. like Matthew. St- Anytime he tells says a book about Matthew Stover is bad, just take it with that he doesn't like Matthew Stover. Before I like Revenge of the Sith, I decided in my last read through that I do like that book. It's fine. It's not great. But it is great. It's kind of pretentious. That's why I don't like it so much. This is the end of an era. It's like, f- fuck, I know it is. <laughs> you don't have to fucking say it. Or, um, this is Anakin right now. Like, okay, that's nice. Once I like the intro. I like the intro bit of, like, the kids that were watching the invasion on, like... Yeah, no, that's fine. It's when... And, and like talking from the um, the perspective of the people is that was fascinating. What wasn't fascinating was when they said, "This is Anakin right now," like six times in the book. Like I need it. I needed one at the beginning because I realized that this was the gimmick he was going to do for all of the characters. And I liked at the end where this is Anakin forever, and it's like him in the Vader suit in absolute misery for the rest of his life because this is what he's brought himself to like that fit. Um, But I mean, like two of the best chapters ever written about prequel characters are in revenge of the Sith, the count Dooku chapter. Mm -hmm. And when Mace Windu finds out 
that Sidious is Palpatine and his love of the Republic and his anger that they have been betrayed and they've been betrayed by Palpatine specifically and what they must do in order to stop it. And the plan that goes in into place for uh, in case shit goes wrong by leaving Shakti at the temple. Mm-hmm. Which, Which was, was a mistake. They should have brought Shakti and let Kit Fisto at the temple. Yeah, things would have gone better with Kit, Kit Fisto. But, um, but I mean, like, to be fair, Shakti got wrecked by Grievous. Yeah, I remember that deleted scene. Well, uh, that well, I mean, no, that that's not canon. Well, in Jinji Tartoski's Clone Wars. Oh she, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking. Well, about they that. they explain that because he says you're tired because she spent that whole time fighting all the Mandy guards, then had to run all the way to the bunker and the to the bullet train, mm-hmm. and it was completely well, like. I'm not blaming her for that. She was absolutely fatigued. <laughs> uh, he, he would get the. The jump on her. I mean, he killed who? What was it? He killed council members. Uh, yeah. Well, he, if you're as long as you're as long as you're on the assumption that TCW is S canon, he did kill Adigalia in Obsession. I th- yeah, I thought Adigalia is on the the council in Phantom Menace. Yeah, she's in the council for the first two, and then she dies in Obsession, uh, and. Gets replaced by Stossily, I believe. <laughs> because George Lucas couldn't get the same actress. <laughs> yep. That's why Eve Koth and Aiken Cole are our thing. That's why we have Captain Typho and not Captain Panaka. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of that going on in the prequels. <laughs> At least they didn't uh roadie it from um <laughs> Avengers. Oh. Or Iron Man. You know what? Don Cheadle is a better <laughs> actor. I'm just going to say it. I I, I am in the minority that I, I love. Well, I'm a big fan of his film Hotel Rwanda, which I think is. Oh, that's a great movie. A great movie. And since then, I just love Don Cheadle and everything he does. Even like him in Crash when he's just an awful human being. Well, I guess I think I'm going to have to head out. It's getting a little late. Yeah, we're All about right. to Two hour mark, yeah. But just wanted to say thanks for inviting me on, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. thanks for being flexible. We could talk about Project Luminous and a bunch of other bullshit. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, th- but I was. Uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, I love the variety of topics that we handled. It was a lot of fun. Uh, there's no primary reason to Legends podcast. We just talk about whatever, honestly. Oh yeah, no, I, I love it. I love random nonsense. Hey, we didn't talk too much Highlander. <laughs> Which is why I still have all these coins right here. You know, <laughs> Coins are now banned. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, Dylan, but in one of the uh, Geeks at it posts, I was just like, I forever, I, I retired the keeper of the coins. <laughs> yeah, it hit a point. We ran out of coins. And I'm just like, and I ran out of interest. So I'm just like, you know what? And then people in the comments keep saying like, oh, there's another coin. And I'm like, guys, I'm bankrupt here. So, <laughs> but. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Where's my cursor? There it is.